25% of the world's population identifies as Muslim. However, representation in media and marketing for people of Muslim faith is nowhere near the population. A study done by the University of Southern California's Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism showed that of 200 TV series that aired between 2018 and 2019, only 1% of speaking characters were Muslim. When they dug deeper, they found that 69% of those characters were either targets of or perpetrators of violence. And when they looked at the occupations held by these Muslim characters, 37% of them were shown working in criminal activities. I'll drop a link to the study in the show notes in case you want to dig more into these findings. Representation matters. We know this. It matters not only in that it impacts how people see themselves and what they have the ability to do and achieve, but it also impacts how other people view people from certain communities. Representation matters, but not all representation is created equal. Now, a lot of people would say that the representation that exists in these TV shows that were reviewed as a part of this study I'd say that this representation of people of Muslim faith isn't a good one. It just reinforces existing negative stereotypes. Marketers have an opportunity to change the narrative of negative stereotypes that exist for the people they serve. In fact, I'd venture to go further and say marketers have a responsibility to change the narrative of negative stereotypes that exist for the people they serve. Imagine you have a friend that everyone thinks the worst of them and you know it isn't true. Do you just let people think horrible things about your friend? Or do you try to get them to see your friend from your perspective? The customers you serve are like your friends and you stand up for your friends. And customers expect you as a brand to stand up for their community, especially if you want their attention and their loyalty. In this episode, we're talking about marketing and engaging with the Muslim community. And I brought back someone you've heard from before on this show, Miriam Shahab. She was on the show for episode 67, talking about her experiences with her journey to parenthood. That was a really great episode. The name of it is Evite CMO, shares how the brand expanded its customer base. I'll drop a link to it in the show notes so you can have a listen in case you missed it. It's really good. You don't want to miss it. Okay. So this time, Miriam is back and she's sharing her experiences in both a professional and personal capacity, again, as an inclusive marketer who was also part of the Muslim faith. We'll get into our insightful discussion, I know I'm biased, that has lots of gems in it for serving and including people from underrepresented and underserved communities overall. So no matter who your customer group is, There's lots to learn here, and I'll bet, I'll just venture to bet that no matter what business or industry you find yourself in, you likely have some existing customers who are part of the Muslim faith. So all the more reason for you to take a listen. You'll hear my chat with Miriam after this short break. Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even though I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. 
Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support, so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound too good to be true, but unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. Well, Miriam Shahab, she, her pronouns, who am I? Big question. Uh, Identity-based, I am a 30-something, we'll leave it at that, millennial. I am a new mom. My son is almost two, a year and a half. Um, I am a South Asian American woman, Pakistani specifically. I'm Muslim. I grew up most of my life in Texas, currently live in Austin, Texas. Other part of my identity is what I do professionally. I'm a digital strategist. I like to say I'm a brand storyteller and recently really been focused on inclusive marketing and inclusive communications and becoming a leader in that space. Worked both in B2B and B2C, so consumer and business to business brands, worked in nonprofit and advocacy, and really professionally what I'm doing is connecting my personal interest in representation and how to bring communities in to make um, impact for businesses. So that inclusive marketing can be at the forefront of everything they do. I, I really grew up in that era of um, not seeing people on magazines that look like me and not seeing TV shows and movies for me. And I'm just so excited about where society, I should say American society, has started to go now in terms of connecting representation and marketing and content all in one place. So when Miriam and I first connected, one of the things we chatted about was how people of Muslim faith are often portrayed in very limited ways in both media and marketing. And Miriam shed some light on just how diverse the community is. Muslim faith is practiced in lots of different ways. And I think oftentimes if you don't know someone or you don't know that you know someone who is Muslim, we rely on media once again to tell us what that practice looks like. But what it ends up being is not all Muslims have beards. Not all Muslims wear hijabs or burqas. And some choose to follow the faith and pray five times a day and fast during the month of Ramadan. And some don't, but they are still identify, whether religiously or culturally, as Muslim. Some may choose to um, wear more modest clothing, and some may not. And to each their own, right? It, who am I or anyone to judge how an individual chooses to practice their Muslim faith? And I think that is where the rub is when it comes to how Muslims are presented are represented in media as well as a consumer group for brands. It really is about the responsibility of both media and brands to help shift the narrative from where it was about 20, 25 years ago, where, where you know terrorist narratives in media were really uh, dominant. And now we're getting past that, which is great, but we need more Muslim stories, like I was talking about before, um, that show those different ways of practicing. It may show a 
woman in college who is choosing to abstain from alcohol, but still going out to the clubs with her friends. And that might make some Muslim audiences uncomfortable, but also might be a true truism for how some want to be seen because that makes them feel included because that's more relevant to their particular way of showing up in the world around them. You did. And so now I'm curious for you, how have you seen or have from your point of view where you sit, how well do brands do or not do with engaging the Muslim community? I think they are at the beginning stages. And what I mean by that is they are still relying on some, what I'm going to say, stereotypes or visual tropes. I have seen more and more women in hijab, in commercials, in content, on um, Instagram for certain brands, which is awesome. Like, I'm very, very happy to see that. But that's not enough. And that's why I mean they're in their beginning stages. And where I think the creativity lies is not just in the visual, but actually in the culture of marketing to Muslim communities. One of my favorite campaigns that happened, I guess, now a few months ago was um, during Ramadan this year, Kit Kat had an amazing campaign. Um, I think I'm like, it's my number one Muslim representation, brand doing it right type of campaign is one of those where I was like, oh, I wish I was involved in that. Uh, I wish I came up with that idea. So what they did is, if you're not familiar, Ramadan is a month-long practice for those who are part of the Muslim faith where it's really focused on reflection and prayer and abstaining from food during the day. And that idea of not eating from sunrise to sunset is a focal point that many individuals who may not be practicing Islam know about this month. And oftentimes, even growing up, it would be a question in high school or middle school, someone would say, not even water? Yes, not even water. It's food and water and abstaining from from that during the sunrise to sunset. And so what the Kit Kat brand really focused on is understanding that food is a central point and opening your fast is really important. And giving this opportunity to have something sweet when you open your fast. And sometimes for many individuals, traditionally it's dates, but it can be other things such as chocolate and really made this opportunity to connect and celebrate the Muslim community by creating a product that was just for the month of Ramadan. It was a 30, it was a huge Kit Kat bar with 30 pieces on it. And the idea was that you would eat one Kit Kat at the end of each fast or end of each day. And it wasn't marketed as jumbo size, Kit Kat, buy here, anyone. It was marketed specifically with the words for Ramadan, with the words for the Muslim community. And what was really cool to me and important is they actually worked with Muslim creators. And unfortunately for me, this was in Canada and not available in the U.S. And they worked with Canadian Muslim creators to think about all the word choice, think about the product creation, and of course, promote it through their social media channels once it was available. And it's just been really fun to see the fact that Kit Kat, like traditional marketing, it's, I think it's like, give me a break, right? It's like break, you're breaking off a piece of the Kit Kat bar and the break for breaking your fast. Mm-hmm. So they really just connected authentically with this community. I love it. I love it. I feel like I want to just go and buy some Kit Kats. I mean, I'm not even, you know, part of this faith and community, but just to like support them for the Bravo and just observe it and see it and all of it. Yeah. Kit Kats are pretty good too. I don't know if they're gluten-free, so probably I can't eat them, but like even just to, just to see them. (laughs) 
just to support, right? Like that's how I feel. Like um, Target actually had a line of Eid celebration decorations. And I think maybe toys, I'm not sure, but mostly decorations that you could buy, not at all Target stores, but you could buy at Target online, um, which was really cool to see. I know Party City did that a few years ago as well. And it was one of those where like, I don't really need it, but I'm going to buy it because I want to support them to yeah. continue doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, I've done that a lot of times. And I think that sometimes people don't realize or brands don't realize that sometimes people want to buy things just to support because I'm like, we want you to know this is good. Like do more of it. Thank you for seeing me. Right. Like, so yeah, totally with you. We'll get into Miriam's recommendations on how brands can show the Muslim community they belong after this short break. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Latinx in Power is a podcast that features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insights from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I recently listened to the episode, The Power of Storytelling in Business with Andrea Marquez, and I really, really enjoyed it. You often hear me talking about the importance of diversifying your circle of influence, and this podcast is one that will really help you do that by hearing different perspectives about some of your favorite topics. Listen to Latinx in Power wherever you get your podcasts. What recommendations do you have for brands who want to support the Muslim community and make them feel like they belong? I think it is really about taking a look at your products and your services as a brand and understanding how is the Muslim community using or could be using this within their culture, within their practice of their religion. And that's why I think the Kit Kat brand example was so spot on and relevant to a particular marketing moment when you know you think about holiday seasons during the Christmas time period, or even during the Easter time period. Yes, chocolate is a big deal then as well. But now how do you sell your chocolates during a different moment in time for that particular audience? So I think that for brands, it's really understanding not to just have a a hijabi woman in your content, but thinking about, okay, if you may have non-alcoholic beverages, which is becoming a wellness trend now, and meeting different audiences in different ways with the same product because it serves a different want or need that the Muslim community has specifically. So I think it's that listening, talking to your consumers and understanding how they're using their religion and intersecting that. And that really applies to like, I know I've talked a lot about food, but it's food, it's clothing. I talk about modest dress is relevant for some Muslim communities. It's about including them and as a way to make sure the way your brand is marketing to them is about appreciation and not appropriation as well. Absolutely. All right. One more question on this before we start to wrap this up. I'm curious. I I feel like for a lot of underrepresented communities, there are a number of stereotypes that just exist that aren't necessarily the most favorable. And my belief is that Brands who are engaging in inclusive marketing have a responsibility to change narratives for the better, specifically of these communities. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are on 
Are there specific narratives about the Muslim community that you would like to see brands addressing to change, you know, maybe a negative perception into more of a positive one or even something that's more reflective of reality? The narratives I'd like to see changed or more reflective of reality, as you said, are the idea that Muslim individuals are still Muslim in their daily life. Like I know I talked about Ramadan is this moment and Kit Kat, which is amazing, and Eid, which is the celebration that Muslims have twice a year. But it's also just like in their regular life, the choices they make, the clothes they put on, the food and beverage they're drinking on a regular basis, and the way that they're interacting at the gym or sports. And that's why, you know, I, I think that understanding lifestyle of the person that you are trying to target, and if they happen to be Muslim, is an important way in for brands to showcase. Muslim people are also part of your communities and they're regular people who play sports and go to the gym and are parents, etc. I think that's a responsibility brands have to diversify their general marketing to be more inclusive. Yeah, I love that. I remember seeing an ad for Ramadan in the UK and people loved it because it showed just that. Like they showed a lot of very traditional scenes, but they also showed like a guy playing soccer or football with his friends and coming home and breaking his fast at the end of that. Like it was just, it was life and it showed, it expanded a view beyond a very narrow sort of slice of life that people like to just kind of showcase and depict. Yes. All right, cool. Can you tell me about a time where a brand made you feel like you belonged just in general? <laughs> it could be related to any one of these things, but or or something completely separate. Yeah, I'm gonna go a little broader. So, you know, a brand that comes to mind that I think has done a really good job of changing their own narrative to be more inclusive is Barbie. Yes, the Barbie movie is coming out and there's lots of thoughts on that, but just talking about the dolls for a minute themselves, the actual Barbie dolls. Um, one could say were problematic before in terms of the what they depicted and for women and girls and uh, body shape and skin color and hair color, etc. And, you know, that's, I don't know the dates, but I'm going to say like the 90s and before that. And more recently, what Barbie's done is just so compelling to see the inclusive Barbies they've created, both around professions and thinking about Barbie has hundreds of careers and some are STEM and science-based and um, they've used real role models, I think, as well to create Barbies named after them or emulating who those individuals that are influential and amazing have been. But then I think it was earlier this year that they actually, and I think it probably got lost with all the Barbie hugs right now, they announced their first doll with Down syndrome and how important that was to that community, they actually worked with the Down Syndrome Society, the National Down Syndrome Society, again, bringing that community in to build a product to actually represent and reach a, a group who wasn't seeing themselves in these dolls and mirroring society because Barbie is iconic and finding a way to make so many communities feel like they belong. It's just an exciting brand journey that I've gotten to look at from the outside and played with Barbies myself when I was a kid. They, I didn't have these selections. So yeah. that's one that's made me feel hopeful, especially as a mom myself. I've been more interested to see how brands have evolved over time when it comes to children and getting inclusive mindset in children from an early age. Yeah. 
I played with Barbies myself and my selection was not quite very diverse, but Luna loves Barbies. She's got a bunch of them and she's got quite the selection, right? Um, and so I think that it it is really a wonderful thing to see and just thankful that, you know, like our children's generation will grow up with this variety, right? And diversity. So I think it's beautiful. I even saw last year, I think they had a, a Barbie with vitiligo, right? Like, so from who's got like different skin, like their skin looks different. And I was just like, this is, they've, they're covering a lot. So I think it's great. Absolutely. I think another children slash nostalgia brand that's making people feel be- like they belong is Crayola. And I actually had the opportunity when they were a client of mine at a previous agency that I worked at to help launch Color of the World crayons, which is the pack of crayons that has skin colors that go beyond the traditional peach looking nude color. And that's one where professionally really bringing my interests personally and what I do from an inclusive marketing perspective was the highlight of my professional career, helping this iconic brand launch crayons that reflect the skin colors of today in a way that um, would make a difference for today's kids, the inner children that many of us need to heal, as well as helping teachers have the literal tools to help children in classrooms as well. Yeah, I love it. Any parting words of wisdom for marketers and business leaders who want to do a better job of seeing and supporting people who don't quite fit into the mold of what is considered, quote unquote, normal, traditional or mainstream? Be curious. That's my number one recommendation. Ask questions. Be curious. Don't settle for the status quo. That's not a way to be an inclusive marketer. If you're open enough to ask the question on how can we be more inclusive in our marketing, then you you can't settle for the status quo. And just settling for the status quo is kind of boring. And it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more challenging in the best ways. And then frankly, rewarding if you do it right to remember that inclusive marketing doesn't mean you're marketing to everyone. You're uniquely reaching and resonating with a specific target market to create a place where they feel seen, included, heard, and then they'll feel like they're part of your community and go along, hopefully become brand fan um, and become a brand advocate as well. I really loved this chat with Miriam, not only because I learned so much about the Muslim community and the good things some brands are already doing to serve and support them from a marketing standpoint, but I also love that so much of what Miriam said are principles of inclusive marketing, the same principles you hear me talk about on this show and that I include in my training programs and work with clients. Principles like developing cultural intelligence, working with people who are part of the communities you want to serve and co-creating with them, changing narratives and going deep to move beyond superficial representation to get more accurate representations of people and their lives. That's it for today's show. If you like this show, I'd love it if you could share it with a friend, colleague, and or your network. It really does go a long way toward helping more people discover the show and equipping more people to show a broader group of people that they belong. Do tag me on social media with any of those discussions. I'd love to join the conversation. Something else that will help in this regard is leaving a rating and review for the show in your podcast player of choice. It really does help so much and I'd be so appreciative. Are you getting the inclusion and marketing newsletter? If not, what are you even doing? Go ahead and get signed up. Each week I share news, 
stories, insights, and other tips to help you grow by including more people and showing them they belong with you. Go to inclusionandmarketing.com newsletter to get signed up. You'll also find the link to it in the show notes so you can access it quickly as well. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.